Hi, and welcome to Western Rite Conversations, a podcast where two friends and converts discuss living their Orthodox faith in an unorthodox world. Here are your hosts, Karen and Stephanie. Let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. O Heavenly King, O Comforter, Spirit of Truth, who are everywhere present and fillest all things, treasury of blessings and giver of life, come and abide in us and cleanse us from every stain and save our souls, O gracious Lord. Amen. Amen. How are you? Fantastic. How are you? You always say that. (laughs) I do. Because I am. I want you to say one time when I ask you that, lousy. (laughs) (laughs) No, never. (laughs) You're so funny. God is good. God is good. (laughs) All the time. All the time. God is good. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. So I have a question for you. I hope I have an answer for you. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you studied (laughs) to prepare. Oh my gosh. Study to show thyself a workman approved, right? (laughs) Rightly dividing the word of truth. I don't know if I applied that correctly or not. (laughs) Okay. Well, I hope you pass. All right. I want you to just close your eyes and bring to your mind's eye the faces of the people you carry around in your heart always. And tell me who the first people are that popped into your head. Well, my children. Okay. Besides them. Mm. My parents. Mm. And my sister. Is there anyone that you think trickles in after those top few? Our parish, I was just, you know, sort of running down faces and names of people in our parish. You passed. (laughs) 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 You passed the test. I'm going to read. Uh, let me think on that. I'll bake you something. <laughs> pass fail or is there a, a grade? <laughs> we'll go with pass fail. So cool. the reason I asked that question is because today we're going to discuss fellowship. And I want to begin by reading Philippians 1, uh, chapter 1, verses 3 and 8. It says, I thank my God every time I remember you. This is Paul speaking. Yes, I love that. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. And whether I am in chains or defending or and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. I just want to emphasize, he says, 
It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. That's beautiful. I love, I love the, the very beginning, especially the whole scripture is really, it's awesome. Very poignant. So the question is, who are the people that we carry in our hearts and are the first people that come to our mind, our brothers and sisters in Christ? And if not, why not? My take is if it's not those people, it's because we don't understand or are not experiencing true biblical fellowship. Hmm. What do you think? I would agree. Yeah. Um, but that would be, I mean, because if we were, if we were in true fellowship with them, they would be the first that come to our, our mind. They right. Because be when you're in fellowship, when you're in that, that, biblical christian kiononia yeah it's a it's a relationship like no other you have in this life and something that you can only share with your fellow believers and it's that sacred fellowship that's the power of the church right So how do we enter into that fellowship, that true fellowship? Um, I mean, is it, should, I mean, should I feel bad if I failed the test? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, no. (laughs) (laughs) No, not at all. I think it's, for me, when I asked myself that question, it was an opportunity to reflect and evaluate and challenge myself or seek seek God or seek maybe why my brothers and sisters weren't the first to come to my mind. Okay. Am I am I am I doing what's asked of me in those relationships to establish right. that that depth of fellowship? So no, it's not a it's not really a failing and you should never, of course, be mad at yourself. But I do think it's for a lot of people that maybe don't experience that it, to me anyway, it's, it's a grave loss. Okay. And that they're not even aware fully of, of what they might be missing out on because today Fellowship, as we understand it, quote, fellowship is, well, for one, it's become optional instead of vital. And it's become, I don't know, five minutes of chatting about the weather while you're wolfing down a donut and tepid coffee. (laughs) And that's, go ahead. You were going to say in that. (laughs) That's not realizing the realizing, like bringing forth the critical importance of true Christian fellowship. 
And in my opinion, if we're not intentionally and regularly participating in that, that's a spiritual crime. Right. So I feel like it's a, it's, it's, I feel like it's a vital, vital point, a vital part of my life. Um, My kids would get frustrated with me because I would, to use an old phrase, tarry, or an old word, tarry long at church mm-hmm. after the liturgy, almost as long as the time we spend in the liturgy would I spend in fellowship, if not longer. And the kids would just be like, long, where are we going to go? When are we leaving? And, um, and I would, of course, I would, I tend to, to, to like to hang out with friends and I'm, I'm, I think I'm a pretty social person and maybe that's, you know, part of it. I just, I feel like when we get a chance to be with the body or be with our fellow Christians or be with particularly our fellow people in our parish, fellow people in our church, it's just a rare treat, unfortunately, because we come from so many different directions and we only come together on Sunday, maybe on Saturday, um, you know, in, uh, right now, at least for us. Um, you know, if we were spending more time together, maybe, you know, throughout the week, maybe Sunday wouldn't be so much of, you know, so important to me. It's so mm-hmm. important to me to spend time with people in the parish on Sunday. I want to spend as much time as possible with them. I want to soak up as much, you know, brotherly, sisterly love in Christ, you know, (laughs) there with them. I think that's, for me, that's why I love being there. But Mm -hmm. I don't, everybody cherishes it or, you know, or feels as comfortable in it. And Mm -hmm. so that's my concern. Mm -hmm. I want people when they come to fellowship, I want people to feel like, oh my gosh, it's so good to be here, you know, and really enjoy it and want to stay. Because I don't know if that people want to stay. Well, I have so many things to say on that. <clears throat> I don't even know where to start. I mean, am, so, I, am I, am, I just want to say, am I as a brother or, or am I as a sister to my brothers and sisters in Christ? Am I facilitating that fellowship. Mm-hmm. Right. Because f- fellowship can be seen as just a coffee hour where you're spending time and hanging out and, and that's fine and that's good. Or what I think is what we're called to biblically is a fellowship that can happen in that hour after church, but also all the time, anywhere, any place where we're not chatting about the weather, but we're talking about the things of God. And in that deep interwoven relationship, praying for each other, um, you know, challenging one another, holding one another accountable, living our lives together in Christ. And so if someone is missing out on that, and to me, they're missing out on half 
of the faith because we have the divine services and then we have fellowship and to me together those things make up the whole well i of course um um like in the early church you know um, in the book of acts it talks about how the first christians they continued in oh i have that scripture do you want me to read it Ah, go for it. The breaking of bread and prayers. Yeah, go for it. Yes, Acts 2, 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' teachings and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in the prayers, which, as I understand it, means corporate prayers and divine service. And so this is our model as Orthodox Christians. This is what helps us maintain our relationship with Christ and the world and where we are transformed when we adhere to those things and continue steadfastly in them and it's two so it's twofold it's the liturgy and it's the fellowship it's the prayer and the fellowship it's the prayer and breaking of bread Mm -hmm. which is the eucharist right well that's the the eucharist the sharing in the Eucharist is the fellowship. I understand the breaking of bread to be the Eucharist. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Breaking of bread yeah. the Eucharist. But that's also fellowship. That's, that's all. Mm-hmm. I think it's, mm-hmm. it's all inclusive. I mean, all right. of those things are a part of the church life and, to, and the part of fulfilling or having a fulfilled church life. A fulfilling life in Christ, and we need um, each other so bad. And I don't think I don't think we realize how vital our relationships to one another really are. I yeah. really, I really think that that's lacking that awareness and that making that a priority for how our spiritual growth. What's that? How much we need each other? Yes. For our spiritual growth, for sure. Um, I was reading, and I I can't tell you exactly where. I just know that I was um, I was reading, and um, one of the church fathers. <laughs> I wish I could remember which one, but it was about um, about the active life and the contemplative life, mm-hmm. um, which I was trying to distinguish, you know, what exactly that means. But um, what I what I took from it was that you have this life of, per se, of a hermit or, or one that has taken themselves out of public for prayers and and fasting and for an ascetic life apart apart from everyone, mm-hmm. but you have those that are living a life among others, and the life among others prepares you for a life where you could be set apart from others but you grow spiritually so 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 you could be 
when when you've gotten to that point where you can live apart from others, people when they think of hermits, they think of someone who's ultra holy and who's lived this life so much so that they can be set apart from from others. So that's the hermit's life per se. But the hermit's life to to reach that point of spirituality, quote unquote, you need the life of being with others because it is the life of being with others that where we're where we're shown our humanity and where we're shown our weaknesses and mm. where we're shown where we need to grow and then and then we grow in our relationship with others so I think it's easier to, easier to be alone it, than it is to be with others. And exactly, it is easier to, and, and that's what I'm like, that's what I'm saying, your growth, it's work to be with other people. And that's yes. where, and that's where you grow. And that's where your strength is. In a church, yes. right? In a church, you have people from all walks of life, ages, races, everything coming together. So you don't get to handpick the people that look just like you and dress just like you to hang out with you. You should so, theory. <laughs> right. But in our ordinary life, we can do that if we want, we can say, Oh, I'm only going to hang out with people that live on this side of town or that side of town. And, and all these things. And people have a tendency to do that, the tendency to gravitate towards people that are like them. Mm-hmm. And that's just right. like a natural human attraction. But in the church, you're put into a situation where you don't get to hand select everybody in that because that's not how church works. And so I know you've probably never experienced this, but (laughs) when I go back in my mind to just the first days of stepping into the church and looking around and thinking, I don't know about this. Like, these are not my kind of people because they look different. They speak different. You know, they're from a completely different culture. So just that in the very beginning stages for a lot of people is a challenge and is growth to even interact with these people that you may never otherwise do. And, but we're called to go on to have a deep, intimate love and relationship with them. So to get from stepping in the church to developing that relationship, that's going to take time and intention. And Mm -hmm. Unless you understand the value of having that iron in your spiritual Mm -hmm. life, Mm -hmm. for me, not having that means I stay stunted in my faith, stunted in my relationship with God, because it's that rubbing together that's what, like you just said, shows you your weaknesses and gives you opportunity for self-awareness and growth. I read, I read, I'm going to quote, um, uh, I don't the, who am I quoting? I think his name is Charlie McKinney, but I think he was quoting a Roman Catholic archbishop by the name of Louis Martinez. Mm-hmm. Um, but he said, 
there are two aspects of our our Christian life. There's the love of God and there's the love of our neighbor. Mm-hmm. And the love of God is our interior and the love of our neighbor is our exterior. And um, he said, it's our contact with our neighbor that gives us the opportunity to practice many virtues. If mm-hmm. we live desert, we would perhaps not suspect many of our weaknesses. Our neighbor humbles us and thus exposes our pride and self-love. Amen. Uh, <laughs> and it goes on, but the kind of, I'm trying to distill or say what I was trying to say earlier. That's kind of what I was trying to get at was that so many Christians are, um, I think stay in that place of the, what did you call it? Interior and active. Is that how you divided the two? Well, you can, you, there's the interior, no, the interior and exterior. Well, anyway, I think that you stay in the place of, I, I have a relationship with God. I don't need to be part of a church or I'm part of a church, but I go and I don't really connect. And so there's this divide and you, and they keep themselves separate from the body. And we, you can't be separate from the body because arms and legs don't move on their own. <laughs> they need to be attached in order to function. And that's, that, that's part of the rule of St. Benedict is that that connection to the church. Because <laughs> how many times have we said this just off the record? Right. You know, one Christian is no Christian. Unos Christianos, nulos Christianos. You cannot be a Christian by yourself. And I heard, I don't know who it was preaching, but it might have been Father Josiah. He said... <laughs> something to the effect of because he's pretty intense um if if you call yourself a christian and you're not connected to the body then you're a heretic Ooh, Ooh. That, that sounds like him <laughs> not, not um saint john chrysostom <laughs> and so for for our children who yeah you know, we are speaking to always in these podcasts, um, they really, really need to understand that the value in the fellowship. And and something you said before about, you know, you are a social person and you like hanging out and like talking to people and that's fine. But if you're an introvert, you may be overwhelmed by Ah. a typical coffee hour. And so where does that leave you? And and I believe that you don't have to have, as long as you have one person, one person that you're in that fellowship with, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, that's better than, than nothing. Right. right. And that can, be, that can be all that you need. Mm-hmm. There should be at least one person that you're able to connect with in your parish. What if you're not? Okay, quote, quote, unquote. What if you're not? 
What if you're not what? Able to connect? Yeah. What if you're, you feel like there's no one in the parish you can connect with? Is it that you're not trying hard enough? Is it, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, some of that could just be insecurity or like you said, not trying, or maybe other people are not reaching out or you have some idea of what that's supposed to look like. Um, God's not going to put us in a church and not give us fellowship. That's just, that's not even logical or rational in any way. Interesting. He calls us to that. And so in every well, parish, no matter where you are, I believe you're going to have the opportunity to develop that relationship. Those good. relationships. That's good. Um, yeah, I would say that God does provide. And Always. if someone were in a parish where they didn't feel like they were connecting, I would say probably the best thing to do would be to ask God to send that or show to show them that person or to, to send that person right mm -hmm. so if our kids were in a parish you know as if if they didn't feel like they were connecting in their parish mm -hmm. then then they i would say cry out to god you know because god desires that we not be I, I think I is it safe to say that he desires that we not be lonely? Yep, and alone. Look, I know any time that I in the past didn't feel like I connected with people or yeah. wasn't um maybe having the fellowship that I know I'm supposed to be part of for both my sake and the other person's sake that was on me like my it was either my ego I had a bad attitude uh I couldn't be bothered like that I I take full responsibility for that it wasn't that God wasn't providing or the church wasn't providing that was me mm. hmm. so sometimes I think we just need to examine our conscience and our hearts and see if we're really committed because it comes to a question of faith do we believe that God provides? Do we believe? Yeah, or do we even believe that it's worth something or that it's necessary? Because do if we, you don't think it's there's value in it, you're not going to pursue it. Right. Do we believe there's value in the fellowship? Do we right. Hmm. And if you don't, and you think it's just about, if you really don't understand or you haven't had the experience and you just think I'm eating donuts with a person that I'm just making small talk with, that's not something I really want to participate in either. <laughs> no, you are not a person of small talk though either. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but and then some people are more comfortable with small talk, but everybody wants to be, feel as though they're being heard yeah. and understood. Absolutely. Yeah. So in whatever language you use with someone, if you feel as though you are being seen and heard, that will generate a connection. Right. And people, people pretty much have a desire to connect. 
in some way. Of course they do. How can we not desire to connect? We are created in the image of God who is part, who is a trinity. <laughs> like, Right. I, I just, I don't buy the, some people don't like to connect with others. I, I don't, I think something's out of order there. Right. No, it's, it's not, I mean, people, people don't have to connect on a large scale, but people do want to connect with someone. Right. Like, you might not like being in large settings, but. Yeah, yeah. Like, Which I is like fine. And I could go both ways, large, small, medium. Yeah, I could too. <clears throat> but the benefits really are innumerable. Imagine if, if you and I, I don't know how many relationships you have with, where you share like a deep intimate fellowship, but let's say you and I were the only people we shared this type of fellowship with. Right. Where when we're together, we are holding each other accountable. We're talking about the things of God all the time. Together, we're trying to raise our children in the faith. Right. And so I, you know, I really value you in my life as that, that person, that iron. And so this is all we have. And then it just disappears. Tomorrow we wake up and the other person is just gone and there's nobody on the horizon. What would be missing from my life would be immeasurable. It would feel like a wasteland of me wandering, thirsty and hungry. Right, right. So lonely. Right. Oh my gosh. Well, then, it's so critical. Like for people who don't connect, who don't have someone that they connect with. I don't know. I think that it's going to be hard. I think that if we are really leaning on Christ for all things and, and doing all the things that <clears throat> we've talked about, if I am, quote, right with God in every way, then I believe I can, I have the ability to connect with anybody. Mm. Because when Jesus came, people were drawn to him. I mean, you know, you had the Pharisees, but he was, when we're, you can't, you can't not, well, I guess you could choose not to, but you can't not be drawn to that light and that love. So if we truly are in every way being that and growing constantly, how, how I, I just think I could connect with anybody because your, your ego and everything is, is no more. So if somebody comes into our church and isn't connecting, then I feel the responsibility that I'm not yes. doing my part. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Did I say something wrong? <laughs> not even that. Not even about saying something. It's about more about who, who I am mm. in my entirety and right. in Christ. So we need to get our apps together. Responsibility. Yeah. One more, one more thing to do. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's constant growth. Constant. 
And I, I want our, our kids, they have that fellowship now. Thank goodness. Yeah. Well, I was thinking about this with, you know, with each other. And so hopefully having had experienced that ongoing from such a young age, if for any reason there were a break in that, they would immediately go out and search for it as opposed to someone who maybe never experienced that. And so was missing out all these years, not even realizing what they were missing. So hopefully the kids are, it's just so important. You know, years ago, and we've talked about this, and I, I always think about my mother-in-law because she said that when she was raising her kids and they were small mm-hmm. and she had such close relationship with the other women in her church and they oh, wow. would, they would go to church and they would spend all day together and they, they were in close enough proximity that they were it just, they did everything together. They raised their kids together. They cooked meals together. Their whole lives were lived side by side. Yes. And when we could walk to, to our local church, you know, in the early 1900s and everybody just sort of walked there. And when you walk home, your neighbors were the people you went to church with. And so you were in that constant fellowship. Obviously our parish is a little different because we're all driving from surrounding towns. Sure. And so it takes much more effort to be side by side during the week. But how much more important it is to take advantage of that time on Sunday, because that might be all we have. If people don't have outside relationships. Right. So. And. That's why that one day out of the week. Where you can get together if it's only one day that you see each other you want to make the most of it yeah you want to make the most of it and you don't want to talk about the weather again we're speaking to our kids don't waste your time talking about the weather if you need to do that in the beginning to break ice that's fine but honestly invest love love one another share in your love for christ Hebrews Hebrews chapter 3 tells us, see to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end. So this is what we need to be participating in. We need to be seeking each other out. Like last Sunday, we had one of our sisters in coffee hour who looked like at one point she was ready to go, but then she started talking and she came and she was seeking. She had so many questions and, and so, so many things on her heart and, you know, me and another woman, and then you jumped in too, but we were there, we were there to say, no, no. And we were encouraging in every way. And I thought, this is why we need to do this. And thank goodness. She didn't just take a cup of coffee and head to her car. She left looking like, the world had been lifted off her shoulders and was ready to go home and take action. Amen. And that is what we need to be seeking when we come. Praise God. And offering to one another. Right. 
and without it, it that living I don't know that living sacrifice that we offer to God, we offer to each other. Offer to each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> just do it. <laughs> And I know it can be awkward right? because I remember very clearly first coming to church as an adult and thinking, like I said before, I don't know about these people. Right. I probably wouldn't hang out with them in any other situation. And, and that's where I was. And now whoever walks in our door is immediately my friend, my brother and sister in Christ. Amen. Like, I don't think that way anymore, but I know that it can be a process. And so if you're hesitant for any reason, I, I get it. Right. It's not easy, but the Christian faith is not easy. No, man. But it is so, so worth it. Amen. So worth it. So I have to go. <laughs> I do. Too. I have to go. And I know you have to go. So thank you. Thank you for squeezing this time in today. Oh, gosh. Anything for you. <laughs> so funny. Thank you for being my iron. I really, really, really value it and appreciate you and love you. And I'm so grateful that God has given you to me yes. uh, as my main fellowship chick. You are an answer to prayer. <laughs> So we'll close in prayer. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Blessed are the Lord, teach me thy statutes.